Hey, it's Pastor Jeffrey Graff with Faith Family Church Next Gen. Thanks for tuning in. I hope this message brings truth, clarity, and hope to your situation. God loves you very much, and I hope you feel that today. Enjoy the podcast. It's good to see you guys today. How y'all doing? It's good to see y'all. We are finishing a series called The Ultimate Gift. Help me out. Everybody say gift. And this is what the series has been about. We've been talking about what it means to be saved, right? Salvation. A lot of times at the end of the sermon, I'll be like, hey, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to be saved, right? We've been talking about, like, what the heck does that actually mean? And so each week of the series, this is the fourth week, but each week we've been asking different questions about salvation. The first week we ask, why do I need to be saved? Because most people think like, oh, no, we're pretty good people. Why do I need to be saved? Second week, we asked, um, if I'm saved, why is life still hard? Like, shouldn't God be helping me out here? Third week, we asked, if I'm saved, why do I constantly fail? And today, here's the question I want to ask you, okay? Here's the question. If I'm saved, why don't I want to follow God? If I'm saved, everybody say, if I'm saved, why don't I want to follow God? Listen, man, I don't care who you are. At some point in everybody's journey, you'll be saved, you'll be on fire for Jesus, but at some point, there'll come a point where you just don't want to live like a Christian anymore. Maybe you see your friends doing one thing or friends doing another thing, and you know the right thing to do, you know the thing that God would want you to do, but if you're honest, you're like, ah, I don't want to do that. Why does that happen? For three different reasons. I'm going to tell you them in like one minute. First reason that we stop wanting to follow God is we feel guilty about stuff. Everybody say guilty. What I mean by this is like we know some of the stuff we do. Some of the stuff maybe our friends know, other stuff we only know, and we think God's mad at us. And so we feel guilty, and it just makes us want to stop following God. Number two, we're frustrated, not with sin, but with suffering. Everybody say frustrated. We're going through something hard. And we're like, Lord, why are you making me go through this? And sometimes people will harden their heart towards God and stop following them altogether because they're going through something hard. And lastly, number three, we feel separated from God. Say separated. This is past God being mad at you. This is like God stiff-arming you. Like if you were to keep letting a friend down and that friend was like, look, you've let me down too many times. I've got to draw boundaries here. You think God does that to you. And so you're like, man, there's no way God would ever even take me back. You either feel guilty, frustrated, or separated. One more time. Guilty, frustrated, separated. All these things can make us want to give up in our faith. And here's the thing. I didn't just make these things up. Like, oh, this sounds good. This sounds good. This, no, no. The Apostle Paul talks about these in Romans chapter 8. In Romans 8, Paul wants to give us some things we can know and remember when we feel Guilty, frustrated, or separated. So I'm just going to dig, dive straight in. Romans 8.1, you got the underlined part. Kind of a tricky word. We're about to find out who's failing English right now. So now, there is no... That kid, Diego, I was playing. It's kind of messed up because your first language is Spanish. I didn't mean it like that. I love you. Um, Romans 8.1, so now there is no... One more time. Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. My heart changes. If you're taking notes, my heart changes. Number one, when I know there is no condemnation from God. One more time. Say condemnation. condemnation. Now, I understand that a lot of people might not know what this means, okay? 
Condemnation is, is a word they used in the courtroom, a judicial setting, and it meant that you are guilty. You are guilty. So imagine with me that you are in court, okay? You committed a terrible crime, and the judge looks at you. If he says you're guilty, that means you die. If he says you're innocent, that means that you could go free, okay? And then imagine that the judge looks at you and says, okay, I'm going to give you two options. Option one, I'll just call you innocent, and you could go free right now. And all I ask of you, the judge says, is that you go and you love other people, show other people like I've just showed you mercy, okay? Or he says, option B, I'll put you on a five-year probation. We'll get you a beautiful ankle monitor, all the whole nine. And for five years, I'm going to watch you like a hawk. And at the end of five years, we're going to take all the good stuff you did. We're going to take all the bad stuff you did. And we are just going to see if you're going to be guilty or innocent. Not one person in here, in their right mind, would pick option B. No, because you would feel like somebody was constantly breathing down your back, just waiting to see if you were making a mistake or not. And a lot of people think that God is like this. Nobody would want to follow a God like this. Newsflash for you, God is not like that. I recently started playing golf. Anybody in here golf? Like, I don't mean like you, like you, anybody golf for your school? You're really good at golf? That's what's up. Um, Stand up. Will you stand up so we can all just. (laughs) Okay. Dang, they just, you got booed. Okay. <laughs> so, so let's, I, I, I really got into golf, okay? I'm not very good. I always tell people I'm not good, but I'm a lot better than Corey. If you know Corey, I beat him three times out of four. So, um, I love golf, but nothing makes me want to quit golf more than when I feel like somebody is just watching me and judging me as I'm trying to learn to play the game. Like, I can't stand it. I'll be on, like, you know, hole three, and there'll be some, like, old people that are, like, 300 years old waiting behind me. And every time, like, I miss, I feel like there's, like, idiot, rolling their eyes, smoking a cigar, just accumulating lung cancer. And I feel like they're just watching me, waiting for me to make a mistake, and I can't stand it. Why? Because we're not made to live Like somebody's just watching us, waiting for us to make our mistake. But if I'm honest with you, a lot of you think that God is like that with you. And you might not think that like right now, but when you do something bad, you sin, you're scared to go into his presence. You think he's withholding his presence from you. Why? Because you think God is some petty old guy on the golf course who every time you make a bad decision, he's rolling his eyes like, ugh. No, no, no. God is not like that. This scripture says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. That means that God is the God, like the judge who said, hey, your court case is over. Your court case is over. It, it, your, your, if you believe in Jesus, your future is already 100% decided. Paul said there is no condemnation. He did not say there is no more sin. He did not say there's no more mistakes. He did not say, there's no more slip-ups. No, read the Bible. People who had really good faith in Jesus still messed up a lot. Abraham, good, good job. I like that. (laughs) Looked like I was going to get him in trouble. I I like people who are ready to receive the word. The Bible says that the word of God is like a seed 
But whether or not it does anything in your life depends on if you receive it or not as good soil. So you need to be good soil. Don't come in here not ready to receive and be like, God didn't do anything. No, you didn't let God do anything. God's word will do something if you let God's word do something. So that is on you. I like this kid. Um, I need, to, I need to get through this, but listen to me. Being saved does not mean you're mistake-free. It just means that your court case is over. And you have to have faith that when it comes to you and God, that you and God are good, okay? If you, if God, if you were to see Jesus Christ right now, you were just like, I don't know, at your house, and he walked in the living room, how do you think he would treat you? If you think he would be like, huh, wow, you again. No, if Jesus saw you, he would give you a hug. He would like be like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. And if it's hard for you to picture Jesus doing that for you, then he's still working in your heart about how he sees you, okay? There's no condemnation. But maybe you say, all right, I hear you, Pastor G. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. But I'm not really, really caught up on the sin part. I'm caught up on the fact that life is hard. Here's the thing. Sometimes people treat y'all like kids, but I like being a youth pastor because I actually talk to y'all, and y'all go through some hard stuff, like early Yes, y'all do. I'm serious. Talk to somebody and see if they don't have a story that you're actually like, oh, that's kind of heavy, and you're what, 15? Y'all go through hard stuff. Y'all suffer. So this is what Paul wants you to know. Keep reading the verse, Romans 8, 17b through 18. He says this. But if we are to share in God's glory, meaning we're going to be saved, he says this. We must also share his suffering. Verse 18. Yet. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. See, Paul says, yeah, yeah, listen, sometimes you suffer. Whether you're saved or not, life is going to be hard sometimes. But he says, later, it gets a lot better. What does he mean? He's talking about heaven, how God's going to make everything right one day. And this is what's funny. He starts to compare our life to the life of a pregnant lady. Anybody like you remember when your mom was pregnant with one of your siblings? Oh, not very many of y'all. Okay, that's fine. Me either. Anybody like you got an aunt or a sister who's pregnant? Does anybody know a pregnant lady decently? All right, cool. So y'all know, well, let me read the scripture first. It says in verse 22, watch. He says, for we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pain of childbirth (laughs) right up to the present time. Verse 23. And we believers also groan. Even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Again, sin and What is he saying? He's saying this. You ever seen a pregnant lady? They're always cranky. They're sore. They don't have no patience for anybody. And they can blame anything they do on the fact that they are I'm pregnant. Shut up. (laughs) Right? And you know what? I'm cool with that. Because, like, I feel like God's got the good end of the bargain here. Like, we get to make the baby. We don't have to carry the baby. I'm cool with that. You could be cranky, lady. That's totally fine. Have fun. You, that deserves (laughs) it. But then, that was too long of a clap for that. That was weird. Um, Then, then. Have you ever, this is a, a weird question. Chach, I'm a, have you ever heard somebody give birth? I know that's a weird question. He raised his hand with a straight face. 
you don't know what I've been through. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so my brother, Michael, he's like seven years older than me. He's married to this girl named Christy, who's my sister-in-law. And <laughs> he was like, hey, I'm going to call you when, when my, my boy is born. I'm just going to put the phone on speaker so you could hear like his first cry because it was like COVID. So I couldn't go visit the kids. So maybe like hearing the kids cry would be better, right? So I was like, oh, this is going to be so touching. All I hear is like, all right, now push. Ah! Ah! <laughs> but eventually, eventually, the pain, the yelling, it stops. And you hear a new noise. What is the new noise? <laughs> right? Hear me out. Hear me out. And the mom, the mom who is just in so much pain, takes this little baby, looks into his little eyes, puts it on her chest, and it was all worth it. Everybody say worth it. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know it's funny. But, but Paul says, Paul says our faith, our faith is just like this. As long as we are on this earth, it will hurt. There will be sin. There will be suffering. You'll be frustrated. But do not, listen to me, do not let that be the reason you stop following God. Why? Because in the same way that a pregnant lady can deal with the frustrations of her pregnancy, Paul says you can deal with the frustrations of this life. How? You have to remember what is coming. You have to remember where the pain leads. The pain leads one day to somewhere that is all worth it. You cannot live right now and lose sight of heaven and lose sight of where we're going. In the same way that the pregnant lady could say, man, it was hard, but it got me here. Everything that you're going through right now will lead you to a place where you say in the presence of God, God, I didn't understand it at the time, but it's all worth it. I know, I know that a lot of you actually go through really hard things. I counsel people every week. I'm always shocked to hear what people are going through. But God wants to encourage you. Listen, God wants to encourage you that what you're going through right now, it's not forever. In the scripture, Paul compares it to the pain of childbirth. That means your pain is proof that new life is on the way. So whenever you're going through something hard, tell yourself, well, wait, the pain is proof that new life is on the way. There's proof in your pain. The fact that you know it hurts, the fact that you know it's broken, reminds you you are headed to a destination one day where nothing is broken. You are headed to a destination where God will take every tear, every pain, every wrong done to you and fix it. And if you are going, if you are going to make it through your frustrations right now in the present, you've got to get good at remembering the future. You've got to get good at looking ahead. There's no frustration forever. This is good news. God is on your side. And this is why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8.31, what shall we say about such wonderful, wonderful, yeah, ready? Let's try that again. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Hey, be quiet. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for, say, if God is for us, who could be against us? Now, if you're like me, maybe you think, okay, the only one who could be against me is God. Because if God was the one who turned toward me in love, then probably God is the only one who could turn away from me in anger. 
If God is the one who brought me close, then he's probably the only one that can distance himself from me and separate himself from me. And Paul wants to just nip that straight in the bud, get that out of your head. And this is why he says in Romans 8, 38, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate, separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, angels nor demons, fears for today, worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Here's what I want to leave you with. My heart changes when I can really know there is no separation from love. So there's no condemnation from God. There's no frustration forever. There's no separation from love. Now, I think a lot of us want to believe this, okay? But we really struggle to. A lot of us think that when we fail, God is mad. And here's the thing. Before you were a Christian, you probably thought God was less mad at you because you weren't accountable to him. It's like if you're not on the team and you don't go to practice, who cares? You're not accountable to the team. But once you're actually on the team, you skip practice, well, now there's an accountability. And so some of us are like, well, I'm a Christian now. I'm still messing up. God has to be mad at me, right? In fact, it's just the opposite. Listen, the Bible says if, if God died for you while you were a sinner, how much more does he love you now that you're a child? But we think often that God is more mad at us because we're a child. Let me put it like this, okay? I'm a dog person. I don't know if you're a dog person. I'm a huge dog person. When I drive and I see a dog on the road, it stresses me out. I literally will back up traffic. I'll stop my car, and there'll be like a 100-car line behind me. And I'm like, come on, dude. Get out. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah, anybody else do that? No? Y'all don't drive. Um, I can't stand it. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. If it was my dog... Winnie. I love Winnie. If it was my dog, Winnie, what do you think I'd be like? Okay, exactly. Listen, I, if I see my dog, Winnie, I am not going to get crazy mad at her because she ran away from home. I'm not going to be seeing her in the street, sitting back thinking, oh, my, I cannot wait to punish this dog. No, I have one mission and one mission only. Save that multi-poo. I will put on an orange traffic vest. I'll stop everybody and act like I get paid to do so. Stop. Come here, girl. Come here. The fact that she is my dog. Listen, the fact that she is my dog intensifies my love way more than my anger. And you've got to know that the fact that you are God's child intensifies his love for you way more than his anger towards you. Because sometimes you mess up and you're like, well, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be doing this. God is probably furious with me. He loved you when you were a sinner. How much more does he love you now that you're a kid? He loves you. And you got to know that God's not pushing you away. You're not separated from God. You are eternally loved eternally forgiven. Yeah, God wants you to, to, to act right. He'll correct you. He'll convict you, but he will never write you off. And the devil's been tricking a lot of y'all with the voice of condemnation. And you're like, God's mad at me. No, no, no. Condemnation is the, de the devil always bring you down, rub your nose in your shame. When the enemy wants to remind you of your past, God is always going to remind you of your future. And you've got to know that. So which voice are you listening to? 
Paul says there's no condemnation, there's no frustration, and there's no separation. That's good news. And let me say this while I'm on the, on the topic. Some of us, when I do the rededication, like if you want to rededicate your life, some of you, you'll, you'll raise your hand quite often. And that's okay. I love that you have a soft heart. But you don't have to rededicate your life just because you sin. Why? Because you are not, you are not more separated from God because you sinned last week. You are not less loved by God because you sinned last week. It's just not that petty. <laughs> the older I get, the more I know God, the more I see how awesome he is. I've never really been in the presence of God like real strong and come away feeling like, oh, I'm in trouble. I always come away feeling like, dang, I'm way more loved than I thought I was. And you got to know that's how God works. So, because we're human, we're still going to ask the question, if I'm saved, why don't I want to follow God? Because we feel guilty, because we feel frustrated, because we feel separated. And that's when Paul would want you to know, Romans 8, my heart changes when I know there is no condemnation from God, there is no frustration forever, there is no separation from love. One more time, say no condemnation, no frustration, no separation. What should we say? If God is for us, who could be against us? I'm thankful for salvation. I hope you are too. Let's pray. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Victoria area, stop by one of our services. Church is way better with people. So if you're between the ages of 18 to 29, check out our Instagram at ffc.ya. All of our service info is there. And if you're 6th through 12th grade, check out our Instagram at ffc.sm. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And even more, I hope it brought you closer to God. Have a great day.